and gentlemen, Fourth and Trollers, welcome back to Fourth and Troll Fantasy, the most entertaining fantasy football podcast on the planet. I'm Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And we have got a show for you guys today. Last week, we tackled the top 10 running backs of fantasy football in 2023. This week, the top 10 wide receivers of 2023. It's going to be a fun week. I'm hyped. Wes, you hyped? I'm elated. So excited for this episode. I'm so excited. Fun fact, real quick. We have not looked at each other's lists, so we do not know who each other has Fresh here in the top Some normal fantasy analysts may have the same people. You never know what you're going to get on fourth and troll fantasy. It's a, a callback to the last episode, actually. The top 10 running backs oh, is like a box I of chocolates. I already forgot about me, Yeah, me too. Until right now. You never know what you're going to get. There you go. We love Tom Hanks. Listen, we've got a great show. Like we said, be sure to check us out on our social media here that is posted below. We're going to post our rankings on there as well. Like, subscribe, ring the bell, all that sorts of fun stuff. Comment who are you inside of your – that was almost like California out there. Who are in your yeah. top Is 10 inside wide of receiver? your top 10? Get on the chat and get off. Uh, <laughs> and let us know down there because it's going to be a fun time. Love Fred Armisen. Before we get to the news real quick, this show is sponsored by FQ Media Group. FQ is a media production company specializing in podcast production and empowers others to share their voice with their audience. For more information, check out fqmediagroup.com. It's been a busy week, Wes, because there is some news to talk about. And by some, I mean enough to fill a dictionary. Run through the news for us for the week <laughs> because important things to talk about and learn and keep your ears open for. Guys, Wes, what is going on Tell us why we just got burned right after we uploaded the last episode by Saquon Barkley. Like literally as we pressed upload, Saquon decided to sign the contract for a one-year deal with the New York Giants, which completely ruins your running back rankings, which is absolutely hilarious to me because the whole preface for you was like, oh, he could have been RB6 on my list at one point, but I anticipate he's going to miss several games with this holdout. He's going to hold out, yeah. Saquon watched the episode. He's like, uh, yeah, right. And then just signed the contract. Saquon's so. signing his contract. He's going <laughs> to, huh? Yeah. Um, you don't know me, Noah. All right. So there's a ton of news going on. Some really big news. I'm going to fly through all this here. We're just going to react to the biggest news of this week, which is just recently, as you probably heard, Jonathan Taylor requested a trade from the Indianapolis Colts. So, Apparently, several days ago, he met with the owner, Jim Ursay, to be traded. Now, apparently, several days ago, well, actually, not apparently, several days ago, he was put on the pup list. But allegedly, allegedly, he didn't exactly pass the pre-camp physical. He's actually uh, been speaking about some back pain. Not sure exactly if that's completely related, but it gets a little bit more complicated because the current backup, Zach Moss, yesterday broke his arm in practice. As of now, he's going to be out for six weeks, which means that week one, the backup is going to be Dion Jackson. If Jonathan Taylor, this is where your homework comes in. If Jonathan Taylor is traded before week one, Deion Jackson will be the starter for the Colts. And then they'll go from there between him and Zach Moss. Quick reaction on this because you're the one that didn't even put him in your top 10, Noah. Yeah, I told you guys. I was, I told you I was, I, I, I called it. You know, I was outside the top 20. 
you should have listened. You're welcome. You know, I was oh right there for you. No, this is this is huge. And if I'm being honest, if you're not on Twitter, if you jumped over to Threads and you abandoned Twitter, I don't blame you. But there's been like just some drama going on between Jim Ursay and like Jonathan Taylor's agent, and like there's some again just tweets back and forth that just. This relationship to me feels completely severed, and I will be shocked if Jonathan Taylor suits up for the Colts this season. Like, I will be very shocked. It just feels like things are too far gone. Jim Irsay is saying stuff like, if if tomorrow I die and Jonathan Taylor is out of the league, no one's going to remember yeah. us. And it's like, what are you, are you just saying words? <laughs> like, what are you talking, like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't know what that even means. So cryptic. It just feels like this relationship is too far gone now. I'll be very shocked if Jonathan Taylor suits up for the Colts. They've been adamant saying they won't trade him. Part of the reason why they maybe put him, quote-unquote, on the pup is because if they keep him on the pup, they don't have to pay him his salary this season, and so that it would go to next season. And it's just – it's a weird situation. Jonathan Taylor himself – I've heard about this back pain as well. Jonathan Taylor himself tweeted today, like – my back's fine. I don't have back pain. Like, I don't know what people are talking about right now. So it's just, it's just a, Weird. it's a very strange situation. It feels like high school football drama. And it's just very strange that this is happening at the <laughs> NFL level. Like what's going on here. So, I mean, it's just going to be, if Deion Jackson, you know, take your shots now. If you're drafting now, it should be interesting. Or Evan Hull, rookie wide receiver or rookie running back PPR guy. So I don't know, man, it's going to be crazy. It's very, very interesting, especially because, you know, hey, football starts this week. The Hall of Fame yeah. game is Thursday. So he does not have, which I'm just pumped about that, but he does not have much time to just get a trade right now. So we'll obviously keep an eye on that. All right, here's the rest of the news. We're going to fly through this together. Some more big news from the week. Joe Burrow was carted off the field on Thursday with a calf strain. It's likely he's not even going to miss week one, even though we just said that uh Week one's pretty close, but he may miss preseason altogether as if he was even going to play any preseason. But uh, Zach Keller confirmed that Burrow will be out for several weeks, but it's still going to be fine. Don't worry about him. Jamar Chase, Bengals offense will be per use as far as as far as we know. Uh, last bit of big news. So we don't talk about defense much, but unless they're a superstar like Jalen Ramsey, the Dolphins cornerback suffered a knee injury. I think it's a torn lig- ligament, if I'm not mistaken. Is that the deal? Yeah, it's meniscus, anyway. yeah. Ew, uh, terrible. So he's going to be out for six to eight weeks of the regular season, not from now. He's going to come back sometime in December, um, try to help the Dolphins make playoffs. It's going to be a big blow, especially those that draft defenses in your fantasies. Dolphins have a lot of hype for their defense this season, new defensive coordinator. So bit of defensive news there. So in Denver, this is kind of wild. Tim Patrick, their wide receiver, went down on practice Monday with a torn Achilles. This is now the second year in a row he is missing the entire NFL season before it even starts with an injury. Awful. I feel so bad for him. But on top of that, the other wide receiver, K.J. Hamler, announced that he is dealing with a heart condition and the Broncos decided to waive him and they intend to bring him back. But... This puts their rookie wide receiver, Marvin Mims, in position to be a starter for week one behind Corlin Sutton and Jerry Judy. So if you weren't sure what the Broncos receiving room is going to look like and you like Mims, this is a shot for him to try to make an impact. 
Okay. So in New York, Robert Sala said that he expects Brees Hall to be ready by week one, hopefully uh, ready in a couple of weeks after this Thursday's Hall of Fame game against the Browns. He should be good to go. We won't take it at face value, but at least we know that Brees Hall is on track to get off the pup list pretty soon. So Aaron Rodgers restructured his contract with the Jets. He actually took a bit of a pay cut, which seems strange and not really relevant to fantasy, except for the fact that Dalvin Cook visited the New York Jets Thursday morning. However, he did not even leave with a deal, so we're not sure if that's leverage against other teams. But as as of the recording of this episode right now, Dalvin Cook's not on our team. Maybe he pulls a Saquon yeah. Barkley, and he and you already know where he is. Yeah, but. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> By the time this episode drops, he'll be signed to the Jets on a four-year <laughs> yeah, deal for $80 course. million. Yeah. I want that quoted just to, just to see what happens. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Amazing. So also, speaking of running backs visiting AFC East teams, Ezekiel Elliott went to New England on Saturday to visit the Patriots. Again, we don't know where he is, but Zeke's visited the Patriots. Dalvin Cook visited the Jets. We'll see where they finally end up. The New Orleans Saints decided to sign Jimmy Graham back to the team. Yeah, like that Jimmy Graham. Um who knows? Honestly, with a graveyard that the tight end position is, I don't know. Maybe we'll take a real, shot. Real quick on All this, right. Wes. Are yeah. you like me to where when you saw his notification pop up, did you think he was pulling like a like a sign, a one year, a one day contract to retire as a saint. Cause that was all the, I saw it. And I was like, Oh, nice. For a moment. Retiring. Wait, what? What? Huh? He, That's a why? That's still? a year. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe at least it'll be nostalgic for Saints fans and maybe a little traumatic for NFC South fans. Okay, Uh, last bit of news here. Uh, Here's a list of players around the league that are on a pup list currently. Jonathan Taylor, Juan Dale Robinson of the New York Giants, Kyler Murray, Zach Ertz, who's still on the Cardinals, and the Cowboys' new tight end, Luke Schoonmaker. Did I say his name? Schoonmaker? I I believe I've heard Schoonmaker. 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 Their new yeah. tight end. Cowboys tight end is on a non-football injury list. Here are the players that are off the pup list. Chase Claypool, Randall Cobb of the Jets, and Sterling Shepard of the Giants. Okay, Kadarius Tony. we talked about him last week. He was trying to field a punt, ended up getting hurt. He's going to have to have surgery. And uh, we don't know his timeline. So if he even is going to play this season, good luck drafting him. He was a guy I was just trying to get in a lot of leagues. Not anymore. You're too injury prone. Uh, Cowboys running back Ronald Jones will be suspended for two games this season for violating the PED policy. Uh, Obviously, it doesn't affect Tony Pollard, but maybe for two games, you want a different handcuff. Okay, neat. Um, Josh Jacobs has still not shown up to camp, and the likelihood he holds out has definitely increased with this. Obviously, given what Saquon Barkley just did in New York, that may influence Josh Jacobs in some way. Either way, it may influence him to hold out even more. may have him come back sooner. Right now, he's not at training camp. Justin Herbert got paid big time. Five-year contract, $262 million. He got the money. He's obviously going to stay there for a long time. We already knew that, but it finally happened. You know who also got a big bag? The Bears tight end, Cole Komet. Four-year extension worth $50 million. Let's go. So in the offseason, just a reminder, they acquired Robert Tunyon from the Packers. Um, 
this uh, this to me means that Cole Komet's going to be the tight end one. They're going to pay him $50 million. Justin Fields is going to likely target him the most. Last thing for the news, according to reports in San Francisco, right now the backup quarterback to Brock Purdy is Sam Darnold. And Trey Lance is expected to be the QB3 for San Francisco. That's it. That's what we got going on in the news this week. Let's jump into our top 10 wide receivers for fantasy of the 2023 season. Let's do it. Listen, if you guys missed last episode, I talked about it already. Top 10 running backs. Lots of controversy here, guys. We had some good conversation here. Head over to social media and check those out. We're on wide receivers now. Without further ado, Wes, take it away. Let's talk about each of our top 10 wide receivers this season. I'm going to start with uh, some honorable mentions. We're going to do our 13th, our wide receiver 13, 12, and 11. And, I mean, to be honest, I, I kind of convinced Noah to do 13 instead of just 12 and 11 because I, I really wanted to talk about this wide receiver. And it's Marquise Brown. And I love this guy. Yeah. Just a reminder, this is fresh reactions. No one I did our best not to look at each other's lists. So Marquise Brown, as I've talked to you, I've talked to everyone about averaging 18 points a game without DeAndre Hopkins. He was wide receiver six in that time. I looked it up. He was doing better than Jalen Waddell, Devontae Adams, and A.J. Brown in that time. I don't care how bad you think the Cardinals are going to be. There's no competition for Marquise Brown, and his ADP is honestly disrespectful. I think it's like the seventh round. He is wide receiver two for sure. Some weeks he could act as a wide receiver one. I am very excited. He is truly an honorable mention for me. Now, number 12 and number 11 uh, share a similar reason, and I'm just going to kind of go into it because, yes, technically they're honorable mentions because they're just shy of the top 10, but they actually fall out of last year's top 10. So they don't make the top 10 this year. And the same reason, I think both these offenses are going to be a little bit more conservative. Starting with number 12, C.D. Lamb. I, you know, have said it many times. Uh, one of the reasons of Tony Pollard, Mike McCarthy is going to run the ball more. If you're going to be in the second half and you're going to be ahead, and I think the Cowboys honestly will have the lead for an, most of the times in the second half. I think they're going to have a good season, especially with that kind of a defense. They're not going to throw the ball. They're going to want to run out the clock. Sure. I, I, sim I simply just see this as a byproduct, right? This is just a byproduct of a team that's going to want to run more. That wide receiver is probably not going to have an elite season in fantasy. He's still way too talented to be even that close in the top 15. Like, he's just shy for me. So, yeah. CeeDee Lamb is still going to have a great season. I don't really mind his ADP based on my rankings, but um, I just think because the team is going to run more, be more conservative, you know, it just means that CeeDee Lamb is not going to have quite as great of a season. Uh, number 11. Okay. I don't think Stefan Diggs makes the top 10. Wow. And... And this is, and I've been thinking about this team for a little bit. They honestly are like three turnovers away from completely changing the entire playoff picture. Not just the AFC, but the NFC is affected by how Josh Allen turned the ball over. They've got to figure out where this, this hump is that they can't get to the Super Bowl. Where is it? 
when you look at that team, honestly, it's Josh Allen's turnovers. He has pretty bad red zone turnover rate. I think they're going to focus on that. I think they're going to want to protect Josh Allen. They're going to want to preserve him for the season. This is all just honestly just speculation. I'm just trying to interpret what I think the Bills are going to approach the season with. I think they're going to want to make sure Josh Allen doesn't put the whole game on his back as he's used to doing because he'll end up making a mistake. You've got James Cook. You've got uh, Devin Single. No, Damian Harris. Yeah. No, Devin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Damian Which one Harris. is it? Damian Harris. That's right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got James Cook and Damian Harris in the backfield. They're both competent running backs. I think they're going to be more conservative as a team. This is this is my prediction. And similar for the byproduct, I think just Stefan Diggs doesn't get as many targets in the red zone because of it. I think he may not have quite as many big plays. Throw in a little bit of the drama, too, and just the sticky situation that he just continues to try to find beef with the Bills. I don't know what's going on, but those are my honorable mentions. What's your first impression on these three receivers? Marquise Brown, CeeDee Lamb, Stephon Diggs. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll comment more on Marquise Brown. I love Marquise Brown. think he's going to be fantastic. think that the Cardinals are going to here's, – here's my thing. I think the Cardinals are going to be bad enough that they're going to have to keep throwing the football. And the ball is going to go to yeah, somewhere. I don't think it'll be the Greg Dortch or third-round rookie wide receiver Michael Wilson. I think Marquise Brown's highest uh, competition for targets is going to be James Conner. And so yeah. I like Marquise Brown a lot. I've got him five spots back. I've got him at 18. So I do I do really like him. I still have him as a super solid uh, wide receiver too. But I don't have him there. I love that. I, I'll, I'll save my main reactions – for of CD Lamb and Stefan Diggs at 12 and 11, just because I'm going to talk about these guys here yeah. uh, on my list as well. But I, I, I do, I do have them higher. I'll say that. So I think you and I are, don't see perfectly again, this guys, this is 12 and 11. These are still in a 12 man league, a wide receiver one for your team. Yeah. Like I, I say we differ, but it's like, we're both like, yeah, there's still wide receiver ones in fantasy. There's it's still, just I still the order. think it's they're just, great. Right, it's yeah. just it's just how how we see things and see them a little differently. So I'll wait to comment on those because I just got some I got some stuff to say on them as well. So, but some very Perfect. some highly honorable mentions, I will say. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying too, because like twelve quite, and eleven is honorable. still really great. Um, yeah. Like if I if I drafted a running back in the first round and Stefan Diggs fell to me in the second round. I'm I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, boom. I'm yeah, pretty good. I just yeah. literally by numbers it's that's my rankings. Stuff, okay. Yeah. Share your your honorable mentions and uh oh, should we do should I make my dishonorable? I was gonna say before want, I do that, do you want to talk crap a little bit? Because we yeah, can do dishonorable that's, if you want. I think that's that's smart. Okay, so Let's dishonorable. Do that. Let's this is a, your dishonorable. A player that um I think people want to draft and they're they're they should not draft. And the funniest thing, before we started recording, Noah was like, oh, let me double check my dishonorable mentions here. Cause I gotta make sure that I get I get I kind of write out a little bit here. And he's and he's going through and he's actually talking out loud and he's like, you know, I'm not that high on Terry McLaurin. And he looks and he goes, the ADP actually, that's probably where he should be. Nah, I'm not gonna do Terry McLaurin. Well, I am. Terry McLaurin was my dishonorable mention. I just want to remind people that Sam Howell, first year starter, 
this is also a really, really, really talented receiving core. Um, maybe Curtis Samuel still has that second resurgence that he had last year, but you have Jahan Dotson and Diami Brown. Plus, on top of that, you've got Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. They've got a lot of offensive weapons here. I think it's the ball is going to get spread thin just to begin with, but also with a first-year starter, it does not bode well for wide receivers, as I've said many, many times. So even though I think Terry McLaurin is really great, he's he's not even in my top 30. Just by the end of the season, I don't see him as a top 30 wide receiver. I know he's great, but that's just what happens with a quarterback that's starting for the first time. So that's my dishonorable mention. And I, and I completely agree. There's a, obviously, there's a reason why I was saying, oh, I should. I, he came to mind and because I was looking at my list and I was going, yeah, I'm yeah. pretty low on him. I've got him wide receiver 29. Um, and, that, and I was like, Look at that. everyone loves Terry McLaurin. Surely he's being drafted far higher than that and then i went and looked and i was like oh no he's being drafted there so i'm like okay well i mean like at least other people seem low on him as well but i echo what you say i, I just it's the same how i get the little hype train if you want to have it there but i'm a bigger fan of Jahan dotson i'm a bigger fan of antonio gibson if i am uh picking a washington commander skill player to have on my team so i i uh no but i i i'm in agreement with you Wes. i think terry mclaurin should not be drafted pretty much unless you are for some reason your team is the biggest or your league is the biggest group of Terry McLaurin haters and you can get them in the 16th round <laughs> take a shot go for it guys yeah that'd be awesome yeah take, be take your chance there take your chance clearly I'm very excited to hear your honorable mentions I almost skipped over my dishonorable mentions so please yeah, finally get yeah <laughs> happy to I'll go through my honorable mentions here starting wide receiver 13 I've got Keenan Allen at wide receiver 13 from week 11 on, he was the wide receiver three in the league, you guys. I get that they added Quentin Johnson. I think Quentin Johnson has more of a late season kind of surge here and almost a Monroe St. Brown rookie year like where he uh, comes into his own and gets, you know, gets, gets some good action going. But I think Keenan Allen is just a safe bet for Justin Herbert to throw the football to. And I, and I believe he will continue to do that. I've got Keenan Allen as wide receiver 13. At wide receiver 12, I've got Chris Olave. I'm a big fan of Chris Olave, as a lot of the fantasy yes. community is right now. Yes. You got to pay a penny to get Olave. I'm bummed that this isn't something that I'm like, hey, here's a secret. Chris Olave is going to be good. No, everybody knows. Yeah. And they're drafting him as such. So it's a bummer because it's it's that much of a value. You've got to pay for him if you do want him. But I do believe he is a top 12 wide receiver. Derek Carr's last three top pass catchers in fantasy football from 2022, 2021, and 2020 finished as wide receiver three, wide receiver 10, and wide receiver six. It was actually Darren Waller, but he put up the amount of points to be the wide receiver six in fantasy. He's a top 10 wide receiver maker. I've got him just a little bit outside of that because I believe in Michael Thomas's resurgence a little bit more than everybody else. But Chris Olave, top 12 wide receiver there for me at wide receiver 12. And at wide receiver 11, I have Garrett Wilson. Listen, last year, he was the wide receiver 21 with the worst quarterback room in all of mankind. It was terrible. And he was the <laughs> wide receiver 21, only scored four touchdowns last year. Still had over a thousand yards. I think his touchdowns go up. Obviously, he has Aaron Rodgers, who is one year removed from back-to-back -back MVP seasons. 
listen, he didn't have a lot of weapons last year. He still made do just fine, and he was okay. But uh, I think Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson, we've already seen, have a good connection there at training camp. Not to overreact. I already had Garrett Wilson. I actually had Garrett Wilson inside my top ten. And I bumped him out because I was doing some moving around. He's just outside my top 10 wide receiver, 11. I think he's going to be fantastic. Him and Rodgers are going to be awesome together. Boom. Wide receiver, 11 to 13. Some honorable mentions there for me before we jump into the top 10 list. Those are really good. Chris Olave is my wide receiver, 14. So if we had more right time there. to do our honorable mentions, I love the guy. And yeah. I, I, I was, you were talking to me not too long ago, just through text about like Chris Olave and Drake London about these NFC South rookie wide receivers. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know, they kind of, I kind of didn't pay attention to them. So I started watching some highlights and I was like, no disrespect, but I was like, mm, Drake London, I don't really see it. But then I watched Chris Olave and I was like, oh, oh, I see it. Okay, he yeah. is the talented one. He is it's going, there. I mean, he deserves to be top 15. He will be top 15. Yeah. Um, I, I'll talk about Garrett Wilson later. I'm excited for it. I'll talk about Garrett Wilson later. I'm um, excited for Who it. was your 12? 12 was Chris Olave. 13 was Keenan Allen. Oh, that's right. Keenan Allen. Yeah. I, I, similarly what I was saying about, um, uh, another player that I already forgot. Oh Dicks. yeah. The, the commanders. Commanders. Oh, commanders. Was, sure, how sure. The ball gets spread too thin. I think sure. that him and Mike Williams will have an equal amount of targets. And I still got Keenan out of my top 20. I think he's, yeah. he's got a good ADP actually. Um, so I do great, like him a lot. Yeah. I would not be surprised if he is borderline top 10 by the end of the season, just because of the insane amount of targets and receptions he's yeah. used to getting in a healthy season. Um, yeah. And obviously as you'll hear, I like Garrett Wilson. So yeah, good, good, no, good three, Noah. You have segued me a little bit, actually. Uh, to my dishonorable mention. Because my dishonorable mention is Drake London, you guys. <laughs> guys, <Not that. laughs> everyone, you guys are drafting Drake London as the wide receiver 15. He is going as the wide receiver. Fi- Do you guys not realize that they just drafted Bijan Robinson to an offense that last year ran the ball more than anyone? Like, yes, Drake London's target share was incredible. He was like over 30% or something like that. It's because Marcus Mariota was throwing 11 passes a game. And it's like, cool, he got four of them. Nice. Like that Like that was it. Like It wasn't like a great situation for Drake London. The, the numbers are a bit deceiving. I'm, I'm so out. I don't understand why he's going in the fourth round of fantasy drafts before guys like Marquise Brown. Like, what are we doing here? What's going on? He's my wide receiver 36. I have him 21 spots behind where he's being drafted. He is he's wide receiver 36. Guys, he was the wide receiver 31 last year. Like, I don't know if I don't know something about Desmond Ritter that you guys seem to know. But guess what? Kyle Pitts is going to be back and healthy. So there's more competition for targets. And it's like, it, this isn't a situation of like, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, and then the ball just goes to those two guys. Like, there's a bit of a difference here because the offensive scheme you're running heavily favors the run. Don't understand why Drake London is going as the wide receiver 15 in the fourth round. Boo. Boo. Dishonorable. <laughs> Very dishonorable, you guys. Golly. 
I feel like I gave Drake London the benefit of the doubt in my rankings. I put him yeah, all the way up to wide receiver. Yeah, well, I put him all the way up to wide receiver 28. Like, I I also still, am, I don't, yeah, like, yeah. I am so much more kind about it. But you, I mean, that's hilarious that I actually just dissed Drake London before you're like, oh, hold my beer. <laughs> hold my beer, dude. I got this. Don't worry. I just I'm that is amazing. to see him going as wide receiver 15. It's it's pretty nuts here. But I didn't know that. All that That's being yeah, it's cra- it's wild. crazy. I don't get it. That being said, we're gonna jump into our top 10. Do it a little differently this time. So we're just we're just chatting it up. We're gonna ping pong it back and forth. Wes is gonna start out as wide receiver 10. We're gonna go back and forth here. We're each gonna give you the full list here. So it's gonna be a fun time. Buckle up. Get strapped. There it is. Get strapped in. We're going to fly here. Wes, tell me who your top, not top, bottom of the top 10 list. Who's your number 10 wide receiver? Perfectly put. Perfectly put. Execution. We've been doing this for a year. Yeah, we have. So to kick off my top 10, wide receiver 10 on my list is A.J. Brown. I... Yeah, I well, I want to put him higher, but I mean, honestly, as simply put, I think they're going to be, this sounds dumb. I think, honestly, it just comes down to, I think these other nine wide receivers just simply do better. And it is because A.J. Brown didn't have nearly as many catches as it seemed like he did. He had a ton of targets, but he was shy of 90 receptions. That's so... He's still number 10. He's still going to be great. I still don't mind taking him right there at the one-two turn. Um, I've also been on record, so this won't be a surprise, that I'm I'm still pretty excited about uh, his his uh his his coworker, if you will. Yeah. His uh yeah. Um but I mean, I was looking through just the rest of the nine on my list. Five of these other wide receivers had more receptions, and uh three of them or two of them had injuries last year, and then two others have a new quarterback. So nine, there it is. All nine had reasons to have more receptions than A.J. Brown. That's simply it. I love the guy. He's top 10. It's going to be great. That's number 10 for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge A.J. Brown fan. We'll talk a little bit more about it in, a, in, in just a bit because he's also on my list. Um but I, 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 yeah, top ten wide receiver, going to be a fantastic guy. Wide receiver one for your fantasy teams. Scoop them up, draft them. I love it. Perfect. Okay, number ten on your list. Number ten on my list. I think it's time we give the respect that I believe DK Metcalf deserves. I've got him at number ten on my list. He's been a top sixteen wide receiver each of the last three years, and last year he was ninth in targets and receptions the highest of his career. In fact, DK Metcalf led the league in end zone targets last season with 22, but he only scored six touchdowns. Now I went back and found tape of all 22 of those end zone targets. And let me tell you, one of them was thrown by DJ Dallas. So there's one already for you to keep, uh, keep note of there. But I got to say, I'll, I would say over half of them were either not catchable or were fantastically defended. They played a good division with good corners, so it was, it was good defense against those guys. 
that's 18, 18 targets into the end zone that he did not catch. Even if just a quarter of those end zone targets did connect that hadn't, DK Metcalf would have been in the double-digit touchdowns, would have finished wide receiver of 10 last year. I'm in on the bounce-back season for DK in the touchdown department. He kicks off my top 10 wide receivers of 2023. DK Metcalf, wide receiver 10 this year. Wow, that seems that seems high. Just because Tyler Lockett, I, I get it. Both, both can be top 15 because Tyler Lockett defies all odds, but I get. I guess my mentality right now is if the ball is going to get spread too thin because, yeah, they just got Jackson Smith and Jigba and Kenneth Walker is going to be there and they also have Zach Charbonnet and, you know, they have some pretty good tight ends as well. And that's kind of my, that's kind of my point. I just, no, I don't that's know. Fair. If I, I add DK up, I go, ends I look at number 10. I, I add up and I look at, he was ninth in targets and receptions last year's career high. Career high. So he was doing something he previously hadn't. He was getting more targets and catches last year. You know, in the past, they've looked at DK as a deep ball guy, maybe, or something like that. So he improved in the area of targets and receptions. He's getting open more, and he's getting thrown the ball more, and he's catching more footballs. And he's leading the league in end zone targets. So I'm going, okay, if he keeps up with this targets and receptions, if this continues, and I know they added JSN, I view J. The Seahawks run a – you know how many percentage of snaps the Seahawks' third wide receiver was on the field for last year, which was Marquise Goodwin? Could be because of the name. Could be because it was Marquise Goodwin. There's like 30% of the team snaps. They don't run three wide receiver sets. I think JSN was almost a more of a preparation for if Tyler Lockett falls off or if he starts to – if JSN starts to perform higher than Tyler Lockett. I'm not worried about JSN and interfering with DK Metcalf as far as losing out on targets, stuff like that. Obviously, it's a great player, stuff like that. But my my logic is he improved in an area that he that he hadn't before. He, he's he's getting open, he's getting more targets, more catches. If the touchdowns go up and he keeps those targets and catches going up as well in that in that department, I think he lands top ten. I think he's at, I think he's at worst like a wide receiver 18 or something like that. And I do think I'm ranking him at yeah. his ceiling. I'm, I'm thinking he has his best season that he can have. And so this wide receiver 10 for me on this list. You came prepared. I, I, sh- I took a shot and you swung back with some I great got numbers. numbers, baby. Boom. That was solid. Yeah. I will agree <laughs> with you. And I think, I think we can, we can find common ground that I think that's his ceiling. But I think I think yeah. he is right there in the he's for sure top twenty. But I think he's you know I actually have him as number twenty because as I just said uh-huh. like I think he's spread too thin. I don't think he's a bad pick, but those are all my reasons. Okay, so yeah. number nine on my list, wide receiver nine, Devonte Adams. So oh, you're smiling. <laughs> I like where this is going. I'm ready. I'm ready. So to since 2018. Aside from one year when he suffered from uh, turf toe and had an injury that took him out for half the season, since 2018, Devontae Adams has been top three for every year. And that includes Derek Carr last year. Aaron Rodgers, 2018, 19, 20, 21. And then last year, Derek Carr, what do they have in common? They all threw the ball, both of them, threw the ball 550 times. 
Jimmy Garoppolo barely throws it 400 times. Yeah. Just by volume. I'm not even I'm not even trying to call the shot that Jimmy Garoppolo sucks or is worse than Derek Carr and obviously Aaron Rodgers. I'm not even pulling that card. I'm literally looking at the numbers, the volume, the lack of volume Devontae Adams is going to get. It's why he doesn't even make top five, let alone top three, for the first time since basically 2018. But he's still really good. He's still really good. So he still squeaks into my top 10. So that's why I have him there as number nine. Yeah, I love it. And I actually love it so much because as my wide receiver nine, I've got Devontae Adams as my wide receiver nine. For the troll double down. For the troll double down, baby. Yeah. No, I'm with you for a lot of the same reasons. You know, three years in a row now, top three wide receiver for Devontae Adams. Yes, he's wide receiver nine. It's less about him regressing, more about who his quarterback is. And I just think the guys ahead of him on my list are just going to be a little better. Uh, And, and, you know, regardless, still top 10. Hasn't seen less than a 30% target share since 2018. He had 180 targets last year. Again, Garoppolo won't do that, but that was the 11th most in NFL history, and he was 30 years old. Like, he's still got it. The touchdowns that he had, you would look nice. and go, how, how is there no one within 15 yards of this dude? Like, what's going on here? Like, what's happening? <laughs> Wide open. That walk-off touchdown against the Broncos, I was like, who blew oh, yeah. the coverage there? Like, what's up? And then he was, when his quote was like, about Pat Sertain the second, he was like, he's good, but he's not him yet, or he's not there yet, or whatever it was. Hey, maybe he's right because Devontae Adams, old behind, blew past him. Um, Listen, my one thing with Jimmy Garoppolo is he's played in an offense where they have looked at him and said, get your best weapons the ball. And and he's done it successfully. You know, he went to the Super Bowl with the 49ers, and, you know, we got guys there. Granted, great defense, but still, he can get the football into his guys' hands. Jacoby Myers and Hunter Renfro don't scare me, and – Darren Waller's in New York now playing for Daniel Jones. So, you know, add add to all of this, I'll say last thing, add to all of this at the top other top playmaker on the roster, Josh Jacobs, is probably gonna be holding out here. So yeah. I think he's in a prime position to have another top ten season. And I freaking love it, Wes. Fourth and troll double down, wow. buddy, trying. Dude, I love you. I love you, Noah. I love you too, dude. Hit me with the wide receiver eight. Let's go. <laughs> Jalen Waddle. Miami Dolphins, superstar, the Penguin in South Beach, Miami. I understand how frustrating he was. He was incredibly frustrating uh, to play because he had weeks where he was not even getting 10 points. And then other weeks it was like, well, that was an easy 30-point game for him. So I do think actually like by the end of the season, just like last year, he ends up in the top 10 just by actually calculating his final score, and there he is. But I also believe this is a safer floor and less of a boom-bust risk for him this year because this is year three, and year three wide receivers are incredible. And this is also Tua's fourth year, and that's a great year for maturity for quarterbacks to just continue to be great. And obviously, I mean, these are rankings with all these quarterbacks playing all year long, and Tua's not any more risk than anyone else. So I expect Tua to play all season. And even with Tyreek Hill, I think Jalen Waddle is still right there. He's got a much safer floor. And, I mean, we can be 100% honest. Everyone, I think, can agree that Jalen Waddle's ceiling is as good as my wide receiver one's ceiling and is as good as your wide receiver one's ceiling and anyone else's. Just think about your number one wide receiver on your rankings, and you know Jalen Waddle has the same ceiling. 
he's wide receiver eight for very good reason on my list. Yeah, I, I fully agree, Wes. I think he's going to be fantastic. And I think you stole my notes because my wide receiver eight is Jalen Waddle <laughs> for the Miami Dolphins. Back to back, fourth and troll, oh double downs. Let's go, dude. I'm stoked. <laughs> I'm hyped. Same exact reasons here. Listen, hot and cold, but it followed a pattern last year. It followed a pattern. In games without Tua, Waddle averaged under 10 points per game. But with Tua, averaged over 15 points per game. In the new scheme with McDaniel, he doubled his yards per catch. Over 18 yards per catch last year. Top in the NFL from his rookie year. When he was that big, you know, he set the rookie reception record. He was at nine yards per catch then. His play style has changed. He's got this, ex- this explosive play uh, potential on display here. It is it is high, and we ha- we knew it was there year one, but with McDaniel, he has unlocked it. He only had eight red zone targets last year, but he still finishes the wide receiver eight. The re- and even the craziest part of this is that he still he he only played over 80% of snaps in a game just three times. He he only played over 80% of the snaps three times this past season. Should that snap share rise up a little bit, I think there's a genuine chance, and Wes, you just hit it, Jalen Waddle has a top five wide receiver ceiling with weak winning upside each week. And I said top five to be cautious. He could very well be the wide receiver one in fantasy this year, depending on how things go. So Jalen Waddle, wide receiver eight. This is the best fantasy football podcast in the world. That is amazing. Back to yeah. back, fourth and troll double downs. And I, love I mean, I love that you have slightly different reasons too. Like you just add on to like we're just, adding to each other's reasons. Flux of knowledge and reasoning, but both of us get beautiful. Gosh, guys, subscribe. Yeah. And ring that bell because, man, <laughs> this is just... Like, share it. Like, people. share. Make Tony the Troll smile, man, because this is awesome. Yes. Gosh. Yeah. I, go, fantastic. Go with wide receiver I, seven here. Let's run with it. I know for certain that we do not share this one. I do, too. Okay. Oh, great. Okay. Because my wide receiver seven is Garrett Wilson. Yeah. I... Similar to what you're saying, I... I do believe in him. And you believe in him, too. I'm not saying you don't. You believe in him, too. I think he's going to end up as wide receiver seven because, just as you said, he had 1,100 yards and four touchdowns with the worst quarterback situation in football last year. Yeah. And literally any other quarterback in the NFL, I think, would improve his stats. And he would end up pretty much top 15. Top 15 with any other quarterback. But he gets Aaron Rodgers, and he then is wide receiver seven for me, especially because we know how important relationships are to Aaron Rodgers and chemistry and going to his guy. That's why Devontae Adams ended up where he is. It's why nobody did well in Green Bay because he didn't have his guy. We got a little bit with Christian Watson. Honestly, there's no other wide receiver that I'm even worried about. There's no other pass catcher in for the Jets that I think poses that kind of a threat. I think Brees Hall has good PPR upside the same way that Aaron Jones did in fantasy. Garrett Wilson is going to have a fantastic year. I am on the higher expectation for Garrett Wilson. That's why he's wide receiver seven for me. 
I've had him close to this mark. I believe I've had him as high as wide receiver eight in my rankings to start the year. And and it truly, he's dropped out of it now. I've got him there as my wide receiver 11. And I and it's, listen, four spots off here, but all the same reasoning. I just see a, some of these guys being a little bit better. Love Garrett Wilson. I think he's a fantastic pick in your fantasy drafts. I think he's going to be very, very good with uh, with. Aaron Rodgers. My one thing I'll say is, be, you, you, and you nailed it on the head, Wes, relationships are so important to Aaron Rodgers. And it felt like he brought his entire lunch table from middle school with him to the Jets whenever he came. Because <laughs> Alan Lazard is there, Randall Cobb is there. Listen, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw the most talented player in the football as much as he can. But also, not that he's going to play favorites, but I do think we'll just see some some more work in the direction of Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb in the slot if he ends up there. But um, listen, we're only four spots off here. Garrett Wilson is wide receiver seven. I, I fully could see it. I think maybe that's where I have him as a, a, maybe a ceiling play. Maybe he could be a top five. It, you know, His ceiling could be Devontae Adams' production. So. You never know where he's going to end up at, but yep. I think he's a fantastic wide receiver seven this year, and I'm, I'm, I, I love it. I, I think he's a great player. Amazing. Okay, so we already know that we both have different players for wide receiver seven. Yes. Who is your seventh best receiver? My wide receiver seven this year is C.D. Lamb, and uh, although I'm not a Dak Prescott believer, I am still a big fan of C.D. Lamb. He saw 156 targets last year. That was fourth in the NFL. He was the wide receiver five. Kellen Moore is no longer there, so the scheme might be a little bit different. But Dak Prescott's ultimate safety net and Dalton Schultz also isn't there. So I think we're going to be able to see and say safely that CeeDee Lamb will see another 150-plus targets this year, is what I'm predicting here. Uh, Dalton Schultz had five touchdowns in the red zone last year. I expect a few of those to go CeeDee Lamb's way instead. I'm not super threatened by Michael Gallup or the signing of Brandon Cooks. Like I don't think it's going to be anything super special or or no. impede on his value. Wide receiver seven, uh, he's a super solid wide receiver one in my books and in my eyes. And if you're at the if you're at the one two turn and you uh, have an opportunity to get CB Lamb even as a wide receiver two, my goodness, you are in a fantastic spot. So I like CB Lamb a lot this year. He's my wide receiver seven. Yeah, I, I I'm not against. I'm actually I think I would put it this way. I'm erring on the side of caution. Yeah. With this rushing attack for the Cowboys, but and, and I think I'm and that probably part, that part scares too. me too. To be honest, like, I sure. I think you having him at twelve is not a is not a bad ranking. Tony Pollard is an animal. We both have him top ten. Like he oh, is yeah. a freaking beast. So I and and with when you hear a coach say we're going to run the football more, like Mike McCarthy's been saying, I understand. I don't I don't fault you at all and think you have him in a. Oh, you're way too low on CD Lamb. He's he's your back end wide receiver one. Like I'm not saying that at all. I just have a little <laughs> higher because although Mike McCarthy is saying they're going to run the football more, the depth chart fails to confirm that because it's it's Ronald Jones and Malik Davis behind Tony Pollard, and Tony Pollard has never been a 25 touch player. So. I think they're going to keep on throwing the football. I think they're going to let Dak throw the ball. I think Dak is motivated to have a better year this year. Uh, and so, I, I, yeah, that's just that's where I'm at here with CD Lamb. Yeah, it's it's probably more likely that he falls between where our rankings are. But I believe so. Uh, just a reminder, I'm not out on CD Lamb. I I am being ex- probably a little too cautious. Just 
but also you saw where I ranked Tony Pollard. I've got him as running back too. Like yeah. I, I just I'm stoked about that guy. So it just makes sense that I'm a little less interested in the receiver. But yeah, yeah. Neither I mean, of us he's still, I mean, still Lamb draft is gonna CD. Suck. He's going to be fantastic. Yeah, he's going to be great. Yeah, still draft CD. And and we're probably finished with. You're this. right. We probably are at ceiling and floor. Probably with CD Lamb. He's somewhere. He's somewhere in this range. But he's I also just a final point on CD is. I'm not worried about any of the other wide receivers. So obviously yeah. he is the primary target. So he will, he'll do great. Yeah, yeah, totally. Hit us with wide receiver six, Wes. We're about to break into the top five here. <laughs> I'm going to talk about that, uh, that coworker, VJ Browns. Good old Slim Reaper. Oh Smith. Okay, so you see how I calmed down a little bit from from wide receiver three from the initial gut reaction rankings. I got him a six. I might be alone on this. I might this might I might have him the highest of anybody else's it. wide receiver rankings. But it's there's a little bit of math and there's also a little bit of faith. I believe in wide receiver in year three for wide receivers. And when they're superstars, they have incredible year threes. And he is a superstar. I also see what he did in the playoffs. One of those catches in the playoff run may or may not have actually been a catch, but he was a crucial part in getting them to the Super Bowl. And he was integral in the Super Bowl game itself. So he has proven that he is part of this offense. He is not like Jalen Waddell is behind Tyreek Hill. But I would not say with full confidence that Devonta Smith is behind A.J. Brown in the pecking order. Garrett, I'm looking at Garrett Wilson's name. I had it hovered over my cursor. A.J. Brown had 146 targets, but he had 88 catches. Devonta Smith had 136 targets, fewer, but 95 catches. If you give him more targets, he's going to have more catches. He's going to get past 100 receptions. He had just four yards shy of 1,200 yards last season. He had seven touchdowns. I think it's just going to be even more. I think it's just going to be even more. And I think A.J. Brown scared the crap out of enough people that they're going to want to cover him more. Devonta Smith, I really do believe he can be anybody's wide receiver one on their rosters. And they'll be quite happy with that. So, yeah, I'm going to say it. He's wide receiver six on the season. I love it. And I love it so I love it so much. <laughs> I love it that we are calling our shot here, each of us in our own way. You'll notice I didn't say I agree. I don't, I don't, I, I'm not – I don't have him in my top ten. I haven't discussed him yet, obviously, and I won't for the rest of this episode. But I've got him as my wide receiver 16. I've got him as a, as a fantastic wide receiver two for your team. And I just, I just think some of these other guys are going to outperform – I will agree with you. I believe it will happen again. I believe that Devontae Smith will finish with more targets than A.J. Brown and probably more catches. They play different games, so I totally get it. Obviously, if A.J. Brown, who's a very large human being and very athletic and get jump up there for the ball, Devontae Smith can get up there as well, but he's not as big, so it's probably not as many deep shots unless he's got the getting past there with the speed. I think Devontae Smith is going to be fantastic, and I'm so glad you have him inside your top 10 because I cannot wait to see oh. the comments this week <laughs> on uh, on everybody one, talking to you and you getting to, you getting to talk back. One question 
Yeah. Devonta Smith was wide receiver nine last year. Do you think he actually drops? Do you have him dropping seven spots? Uh, so at least Just, one because Cooper Cup was hurt. Um, and Jamar, Jamar Chase, Chase was, was not in hurt. top ten. Yeah, Keenan Allen was hurt. Uh, I think Chris Olave does better. Yeah, I, I he may jump up a little bit. I was actually as you were talking about him, I pulled up in my rankings on him. I've got him. I'd probably move one guy below him, maybe. Uh, so I might have him as my wife for fifteen. Uh, by the time yeah. we get through this, um, I just think he was in a bit of a better situation. Be- the wide receivers last year were missing a lot of the, a lot of the people, uh, not a lot, but a, a handful of players that may have ended up doing better had they played for the full season. So, okay. not 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 a dig on Smith at all. I still think he's fantastic. I think he's going to have a ton of catches. I think his PPR value is incredible. I think uh, I'll, oh, I'll I'll talk about what I think nah. the passing game for a Philly is going to look like in just a little bit here, but, but I, okay. I love it. And I, I am so glad we're on record talking about this because I think it's going to be great. All right. With that, let's get into your wide receiver six just before the top five. Yep. So my wide receiver six, Stefan Diggs, coming off a top five season last year. The only reason I've got him outside of it is because I buy into the Dalton Kincaid hype a little bit. From an NFL standpoint, not a fantasy standpoint, just an NFL standpoint, I think they drafted him for a reason. They're going to use him. Diggs has been a top seven wide receiver since he went to Buffalo, and he's being drafted like that. I'm just behind consensus. Uh, really because I, I I just think maybe he doesn't get to the double-digit touchdowns again. While he was second in end zone targets behind DK Metcalf, I don't think it's that double-digit touchdowns. And Wes, you touched on it, actually, because I think they're going to play it a little more safe in the red zone here. I think this team has seen, man, we can follow these games here. We really need to be careful with this. I remember the Minnesota Vikings forcing a fumble on Josh Allen in what was an unbelievable <laughs> comfort behind victory for the Vikings. And I did not like praising the Vikings last year. So I will talk about that. It's very clear for me. But uh, I just don't think he gets the double-digit touchdowns. I think, however, Diggs has made his message very clear on how important it is for him to get the football. And uh, I think it's just going to be a target monster. I think he's going to have a ton of receptions, and I think he's still going to be borderline top five. So I got Diggs at six. I guess I guess, technically I disagree with you, but I have no problem with sure. him being – if he was top five, I think I would – I would like I feel like that's that's a little high. I'd be Not surprised. That six I is think any this is, better. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just I just I think it's interesting that we both have the same um expectation for the Bills offense that they're gonna be yeah. more conservative, they're gonna be a little more safer, that they're gonna try to they're gonna go for a field goal more often. They're gonna be willing to punt. And I don't know, you know if it's subconsciously just, we both thought this, but I think they're going to have to be more technical in how they win football games this year. The AFC East is going yeah. to be tough. And I think they're going to be have to be more technical and less, oh, Josh Allen's running around like he's in the schoolyard and having fun. I think it's going to be a more technical approach. I think there's a reason they brought in like a goal-to-go runner and Damian Harris. I think there's a reason why they paid Josh Allen a lot of money, and I think for that reason they're going to want to keep him more protected. So I, I, I love Diggs. I think he's a fantastic player. He's going to get a ton of targets. I've got him as wide receiver six for that reason. So um, that being said, yeah. let's go break into the top five here as we reach uh, 
some fun names to talk about here, Wes. Who's wide receiver five? Oh, yeah. So the start of my top five list is the redemption of Cooper Cup. I've got him back in the top five. And if your list is anything like uh, like the last time we talked about wide receivers, I think I think it's still going to be some time before we hear you mention Cup's name. But I think Cup is going to be... <laughs> I think Cup is going to be great. I think he's going to look very much, as far as fantasy goes at least, very much like his 2021 season. Even how he was doing last year before his injury, he was still incredible. He was still one of the best players in fantasy um, when it came to points per game. In fact, by best player, I literally mean the best player. He was literally the the wide receiver that had the most points per game, 22.4. So, yeah, the only reason he's not higher, as if top five isn't good enough, the only reason he's not higher is, I don't think the Rams are going to be as good. I don't know if Stafford's yeah. going to be quite as, you know, it's not going to be quite a romantic fairy tale as the 2021 season, but in the end, Cooper Cup is back in the top five, and I I have I don't see it as a risk. I don't even see it as a risk as yeah. drafted him because of the injury. Have fun taking Cooper Cup if you want him. Yeah. Number five. I I love that smart fantasy analysts like US are thinking like this and still praising him as a top five wide receiver, but having him at five because I. Uh, I'll get to talk about Cooper Cup in a little bit, but I, for all the reasons you oh said, gosh. I'm excited to talk about him. Uh, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. We'll talk about him more in a little bit here. Uh, my wide receiver five this year in fantasy football is A.J. Brown. Just talked about his teammate, Devontae Smith. A.J. Brown's one of my favorite picks in fantasy this year. He's coming off a career year and showed us that he can be explosive and have weak winning performances. I felt that personally because that game against the Steelers, was the same week that I was feeling high and mighty because I had DeAndre Hopkins against the Vikings having a great week. And then A.J. Brown just came in and dropped three touchdowns on my head. And I was like, wow, this sucks. He can win you weeks in fantasy football. He had his fourth season in a row above two yards. Again, I'm going to bring this up again, per route run. That metric there that I like looking at. I think he's a fantastic player. I think he has big play ability. He had 13 yards on his, was his average depth of target last year. It's pretty big. It's a pretty big average depth of target there. He, when he gets the football, it is down the field, and that is good for fantasy football. I'm expecting the Philly offense to be more pass-heavy with their star quarterback, Jalen Hurts, receiving a massive contract this offseason, and really no huge names that get you excited in the running back room. Uh, passing offense is full of weapons. Don't get me wrong. All these guys are going to thrive and be great top 10, in my eyes, maybe top five players at their position when it comes to A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard. But I've got A.J. Brown leading the uh, wide receiver room in fantasy points again this year. It's it's like when we talked about last season, Wes, we talked about who, uh, who was your uh, – who would you have the most exposure of from a team? In the in, mm-hmm. in on your fantasy team, who do you want the most players from? For me, it's the Eagles this year, and it's sad that I can't take all of them because when I'm mock drafting, I love getting AJ Brown. Then we come around to Devontae Smith, and I go, ah, oh, dang it! Oh. Again, I can't take oh. them there, so it's it's disappointing. But I I do love him. AJ Brown's my wide receiver five. I've, I I I think he's great. 
I think uh, nine other receivers are going to do better than him, but I don't have any issues with people taking A.J. Brown as their wide receiver one. He's still, right now, is he still first round in ADPs, or is he at the turn, he's going at the He's going at the one-two turn. So I've seen him yeah. go... I've seen him go 10th. I've seen him uh, go, I've seen him go at the 110. I've seen him go at the 204. I've, yeah. I, around I think, there. I've seen him go earlier than that as well. I've seen him go at like the 1819. So he's around that turn. I don't see anybody really reaching on AJ Brown. I think he just kind of falls into the next, into your pick. And I think you right. just take him. Yeah. Um, like I, I think so. My top five, and I think your top five as well. I think have a good case to be picked in the first three overall. Like these are yeah. the players that you you intend to take based on their ADP. Yeah. With that being said, 100%. oh boy, wide receiver four on my list. Amon Ross St. Brown. <laughs> oh yeah, baby. Wait. <laughs> huh. Okay. Okay. So go, yeah, no go. Yeah, this is wow. Yeah. Um. Let's start with the fact that he was wide receiver seven last year. Okay. He had a fantastic season, and I don't think we even really paid attention to it. I think we thought he did well and he was successful, but now there he is, wide receiver seven. He had eleven hundred yards and six touchdowns. There's not going to be Jamison Williams for the first half of the season. There's not going to be TJ Hawkinson anymore. And yeah, Sam Laporta, sure, I guess, maybe. And yes, I do believe Jameer Gibbs is going to be part of the PPR game. But if he is going to be wide receiver seven without any competition for half the season, and he is a very talented receiver, and I've got faith in these year three wide receivers... I think Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be one of the best values, even though he's in the middle of the second round. I think you get a, you get any of these other wide receivers that we're about to list and Amon Ross St. Brown. I think you are in phenomenal shape, and I believe in him. I really think Amon Ra is going to be a dominant player in fantasy, absolutely can be your wide receiver one, and... If he has six touchdowns with all that competition, there's no competition in the passing game without Jamison Williams for half the season and no more TJ Hawkinson. Six touchdowns? I, I expect that to go up. And I, even if his yards are the same, we're looking at someone that is going to be top five. He's number four for me. I don't know if my reaction is just because it's not as sexy of a name to take as some of these other guys. And that very no, well fine. could be it. That very well could be it. I've got him outside my top 13, as I've talked about. I believe I have him at 14 or 15. I think he's going to be so good. I think I I think I see – man, I mean, four is high, but I don't – like, I, it, it's it, – It's high. I don't know if I'm, blo- I'm blocking out, you know, last year, part of the way, anything like that. Exactly. But I didn't. It is. He doesn't seem like a superstar. Yeah, I think it's. I, I don't know, man. I think I'm looking at who I have it for, and I'm like, whoa. Okay, uh, those guys are, but maybe they are comparable. I mean, I think the production level. I think Jared Goff is is a fine quarterback. I think 
there's not much competition besides Jameer Gibbs in my eyes for a Monroe St. Brown. I probably should have him a little higher, but I, I, mm. I, yeah, four is high. And uh, I thought your boldest take in my eyes was going to be Devonte Smith. And maybe it still is, yeah, but I got to, th- I got to think about this list now, man. I, I, you're right. I did not see that coming. I believe my quote was huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> like went back like in a yeah, superhero I, film. You like, like went through the wall. Yeah. I had to take a moment. This there, is sure. awesome. I'm very excited. Let us know in the comments. Did, did you, are you sleeping on a Monroe St. Brown or do you think he's overhyped? Let us know because he finished right receiver seven last year. I think this is going to be an even better year with that. Noah, tell us your wide receiver four for the season. My wide receiver four is Jamar Chase. Listen, I was in the hospital for five days when I was in eighth grade because I had a brain bleed. And if I'm being honest, ranking my wide receiver two through four was probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. <laughs> no word to lie here, guys. Listen, it was tough. And I've got Jamar Chase as my wide receiver four. The biggest factor for me, for these guys two through four, was who has the biggest competition for targets between the three of these guys? Jamar Chase is competing for targets with T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, and Tyler Boyd. And that's my that's really my only knock on him. He could be wide receiver three, two. He could be wide receiver one. He's got the capability. He's insanely talented, well worthy of being a top five wide receiver in fantasy. He missed four games last year, and he was still the wide receiver 12. If you want to take him 101, I would not blame you at all. He has the ability. He has the explosiveness. He's got the college connection with Joe Burrow. He's going to be a fantastic guy. He's a top four wide receiver for me. Jamar Chase is my wide receiver four. We're about to get into the nitpicky of these last three wide receivers, starting with what you said about Jamar Chase. Like For you personally, you just think the next three – are the three, like literally the three greatest wide receivers in fantasy this season. And there's no reason to not believe in Jamar Chase. You just, technically, you think there are three more. I'm still waiting to talk about Jamar Chase because for me, I do have him even higher. I know there's only three other receivers left. But yeah, it's... It's it's all just going to come down to very specific reasons for the last... Th- I understand that, like, trying to figure out... I went back and forth on two and three many, many, many times. So yeah. I'll tell you where I land with number three. Please, please don't attack me, but I actually have Justin Jefferson as number three. And it it really just comes down to... I think number two and number one are just going to do better. I think they're just going to do better. Do not hear me say that don't take JJ number one overall. I have no problem with that whatsoever. I've I've done mock drafts where I've I've taken Justin Jefferson, even though the next two are available. I I I love the guy. I believe in the the next two wide receivers, I think, are just this much better. So I I just I have to wait to talk about why JJ falls to three because I got to talk about why I think two is going to be two and why one is number one. Right. No, I I completely understand, Wes, because for the third time in this episode, we have a fourth and troll down. I have Justin Jefferson as my wide receiver three for this season. The only reason, again, same for Jamar Chase, only reason he's a wide receiver three is due to competition. 
for targets. I am a huge Jordan Addison truther. Got him as a top 20 receiver this year, and I think the split for work is going to be larger than people think because C.D. Lamb. Why are you talking about C.D. Lamb? No, he's on the Dallas Cowboys. C.D. Lamb, elite fantasy wide receiver, gets a ton of work. C.D. Lamb ran 570 routes last season. Elite workload for him. He's on the field a ton. He's getting a ton of work, a ton of opportunities. Adam Thielen ran 614. 44 more routes than CeeDee Lamb did. Adam Thielen, old man Adam Thielen, wide receiver two for the Minnesota Vikings, ran 614 routes last year. Jordan Addison is going to garner more targets than Adam Thielen did on those 614 routes. Add TJ Hawkinson to the mix, who I'm not a believer in at his ADP, but he is still very talented. Add add, uh, TJ Hawkinson, add Alexander Madison to the mix, who is their offensive coordinator has come out and said that he believes Alexander Madison can be a three-down back and has confidence in Alexander Madison as a three-down back. He'll be out there for all of those situations. I just have Justin Jefferson not having that wide receiver one season this year that people are banking on and expecting. It's easy to bank on it. It's easy to expect it. Fourth and troll, he's our wide receiver three, and that's fun and exciting because – Boom, double down, gets more information thrown at you. Double um, down. Yeah, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver three. Wes, we're at the top yeah. two. Take me. There's take no me there. there's Who's no disappointment. I was gonna say there's no disappointment in Justin Jefferson finishing the wide receiver three instead of wide receiver one. Like there's Not no disappointment. But I don't have him at higher because I, number two is the cheetah. Tyreek Hill. Yeah. I am going to take his word at face value. Him trying to push for 2,000 receiving yards in a season. I do believe he will have the most receiving yards in the NFL this season. And I also believe he's going to have a heck of a lot of touchdowns. And he got a surprising amount of targets, even with um, Jalen Waddle there. He had 170 targets. Even with Jalen Waddle on that team. He had seven touchdowns. I think we're looking at one of the most impressive seasons for a wide receiver. He's not number one, but he's number two. And dang, he's going to be so good, especially with a healthy Tua. Yeah, he's going to be fantastic, especially with Tua there. And man... For the fourth time this episode, it is a fourth <laughs> yeah, and troll double down. Tyreek Hill is my wide receiver, too, as well. He led the league in yards per route run, along with deep ball targets and receptions last year. He's confident and ready to shock the world. He is on record talking about what the Dolphins are going to do this season, and people are going to be shocked. He's got Tua. He's got Waddle running routes next to him. He's saying he's going over 2,000 yards, and I believe him. He finishes the wide receiver, two last season. Despite being without Tua for five games, he was a top 15 weekly wide receiver on seven different occasions last year. And six of those seven occasions, he was a top eight fantasy wide receiver. He's a weak winner that's going to have your opponents shaking in their boots every time they look at your lineup. I love Tyreek Hill this year. I love the Cheetah wide receiver two for fourth and troll fantasy. Amazing. How about that? Love it. Four times. Four that was times, so much dude. fun. I wondered if you looked at my notes, man, but this is just it's just in sync. I, <laughs> I really did it. No, I this know. I know it, dude. Wes, take us there for wide receiver one and tell us why 
it's going to be Traylon Burks, of course, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not even scared about DeAndre Hopkins. It's Traylon Burks, yeah, obviously. Exactly. Now it's going to be Jamar Chase, wide receiver one. That never changed for me when I first started this list, but I started to quantify my expectations for him. And I'd like to just share what I think he's actually going to do. Because first, as we've already mentioned a few times this, this episode, actually, he missed five games and he was still wide receiver 11. And he was fourth in touchdowns. He missed five games and was still fourth in touchdowns. I anticipate that he's going to have 120-plus catches. I anticipate he's going to have over 1,700 yards. And I think he's going to have over 15 touchdowns. Wow. And he's going to be wide receiver one on the season. And I think he is going to be this season's biggest bully in fantasy football. It will make people so upset to go against Jamar Chase, they will actually be upset at the person they're playing against simply because they have Jamar Chase. Wide receiver one on the season for me. Bold claims there, calling out the stats. But I love it. I do. Jamar Chase, four or one. He, he As I said, if you want to take him 101, I, don't, I do not blame you. Like He is a fantastic player. He's very, very good. And I, I, you know, I hope, I'm so glad you called the shot on the stats because I cannot wait to see how close you are on that because it's, it's going to be very exciting. Jamar Chase cannot fault you for having him as your wide receiver one. Yeah. I, I didn't mark my words, so it's it's just going to be a little, we'll have to just remember it later on. No, 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 no. We'll, we'll just take a look. We'll, we'll keep it locked in. Yeah, little tack there. That's, All right. That's, oh, that's, out. that's averaging 100 yards per game. Lock it in. Dude. Yeah. I'm hyped. I'm hyped. Yeah. I cannot <laughs> wait. Dude, and, I, and I hope you're right. Justin I've got Jefferson. The... Justin Jefferson and Tyreek Hill averaged over 100 yards a game. Yeah. Why can't Jamar Chase? We'll have to wait. We'll have to see. I'm excited. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. All right. Close out the show. Reveal. The greatest wide receiver in fantasy this season. He's given me no reason to think otherwise. It's Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is the wide receiver one in fantasy this year. I'll tell you why. He finished as the wide receiver 24, and he played nine games. Nine games, guys. He finishes the wide receiver 24. Oh, yeah, that stat that I mentioned, just to go back about Tyreek Hill being a top 15 wide receiver seven times last year. Yeah, Cooper Cup had seven weeks like that in eight games. In six of those weeks, he was a top eight wide receiver. We all saw him achieve the Triple Crown in 2021 and thought he could never do something like that again. And then he was on pace to do even better last season before injury took him out for the rest of the year. He was running it back with his BFF, Matthew Stafford, and a far worse defense than they had last year. I expect this offense to have to score a lot to win games, and their best chance to do that is with Cooper Cup catching a lot of passes. And until he proves to me that he has fallen off skill-wise, Cooper Cup's going to be my wide receiver one for all the days to come. Cooper Cup, my fantasy wide receiver one this season, and he's going like in the middle of the first round or late first round. And it's freaking awesome because it's just guys pick the take the value. It's incredible. 
Cooper Cup wide receiver one if the Rams want to have any chance at winning football games. I will be pleasantly surprised if he is the wide receiver one. He, I, I just said he's wide receiver five. Like, I think he's going to be great. I, it will bring me so much joy, put a smile on my face, if he is right back where he was. Just right back. Oh, what a great episode. It's that I think we have a pretty solid man. list. It's a great episode. This is, listen, fourth and troll, double downs all over the place. Great episode. It's very exciting. That is going to do it, though. Let us know what you think of our list. Is Cooper Cup back? Top five? Is he wide receiver one? Do you have someone other than Justin Jefferson as your wide receiver one like we do? Let us know in the comments. Remember to follow us on social media as well. Those are all listed below so you can see the rankings on there. Make Tuddy the Troll smile by hitting the subscribe button, leaving us a like, and ringing that bell. And be sure to check us out on our socials, of course, as they're going to be talking about all the camp news. All follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. All that sort of stuff. Don't forget the Hall of Fame game is in two days. If you want to watch Zach Wilson play football, which it might be the worst yeah. viewing viewer viewership of a Hall of Fame game ever because Aaron Rodgers will not be in our center. <laughs> Join us next Tuesday. We got some more rankings coming for you guys. I'm Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And this has been Fourth and Troll Fantasy. Fourth and Troll Fantasy is a production of Selby Artistic Workshop. Oh,